Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I am your host, Jonathan Strickland. Joining me in my hotel room is my esteemed guest co-host, Ben. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much for having me. You know, that first statement came out a little bit weird. Uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ben Bullen, and I want to say, Jonathan, uh, here we are with our super producer, Dylan. Who's also in my hotel room. Yes, and we're in Las Vegas. Las right? Vegas, Nevada. Viva Las Vegas. If I sound weird, uh, there's a couple reasons for that. One, we are recording this using lav microphones, not our normal studio microphones. Mm-hmm. Two, I've been talking all day, so my voice is starting to get a little uh, weak. But well, a little, I would a little say, croaky, a little I would lower. Say a little a little stronger. Yeah. yeah a little Batman. Well, it sounds like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is your mother's name Martha? Um, and then uh, also we're in a hotel room, obviously not a studio, so it's going to have a totally different sound to it. But we wanted to record this because we are actually here in Las Vegas. We are attending CES 2017. CES, of course, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, but technically it's just CES now. Uh, we are uh, doing this as a, a team effort, although we kind of have two production teams exploring CES. Uh, and Ben, you are one of those teams. I'm on the other. And, and one other thing I should point out, this is my ninth CES. Yeah, congratulations. Can we get a sound cue? Yeah. There's just me clapping. It'll it's just weird be a, in a hotel room. It's too bad you don't have your little air horn app. I do. Do we want to use it? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Pull, you pull that up. Well, <laughs> While I pull I'll, it I'll, up. I'll vamp. Yes, yes. yes. Ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is so important that I've been here nine years. So important, in fact, that my badge has a little white ribbon on it that says five plus years on it. So I can I can feel, I don't know if it's superior is the right word. Hit it, Ben. Hit it. Let's celebrate. Perfect, Ben. Perfect. This is, we're also a little loopy. Okay, so let, yeah. Las Vegas, uh, for those who are not in the United States, Las Vegas is in the Pacific time zone. Mm-hmm. We are from Atlanta, Georgia, which is in the Eastern time zone. That's three hours ahead of Las Vegas. So while it is currently 9.30 in the p.m. in Las Vegas, it's a little after midnight back home. Mm-hmm. So we're a little loopy. We're exhausted. We've had a long day on the show floor. Today, as we're recording this, was the first day the show floor itself was open, although we've been in Las Vegas a few days because CES is always preceded by a couple of press days where they have special events for the press. They have press conferences. Now, Ben, as a first-time attendee, Mm-hmm. of CES. I want to hear what your uh, reactions, perceptions, that sort of thing have been because I've done this enough times now where it doesn't, like, I don't I don't view it through the eyes of someone who's never been here before. Oh, 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 oh man. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Strickland. Ladies and gentlemen, sensory overload. Yeah. I've only been to Las Vegas once before in my entire life and yeah. it was Earlier in 2016, uh, the 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 bright lights alone, right? The yeah. uh, the seizure inviting lights, yeah. And, and, the oh so classy decor. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, understated is one insult that has never been applied to Las Vegas. That's true. But what one thing that was that was amazing is uh, the entire the entirety of technology laid out so for any fans of science fiction listening to tech stuff you know 
you're familiar with the episodes Jonathan's done on vaporware, for mm-hmm. instance, right? And the next ba- big idea that is always uh, sort of like that old Alice in Wonderland joke, jam yesterday, jam tomorrow. But never, never jam today. Yeah, yes. nailed it. And so what we're, what we're seeing here, uh, full disclosure, uh, I, I am here and, and our team is here entirely to focus on the future of automotive technology. Mm-hmm. But when you invited us to come with you to CES 2017 to see the actual experience and, and listeners, just so you know, you can check out Jonathan's earlier episodes on CES. <laughs> yes. Where, and, and I, I half wish that you could hear, and I'm half thankful that you will never hear uh, Jonathan Strickland on his legendary day back in the office after CES <laughs> with those haunted eyes, my friends. Yeah, no, there's the thousand yard stare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the first, uh, the the first thing I would say uh, was that. The first event we went to was CES Unveiled. Yes. And CES Unveiled, as your longtime listeners are familiar with, mm. it, it, it's, uh, it's a press only event. Right. So there are no other, like the only people who are there are exhibitors who have been invited to participate in CES Unveiled and the press covering it. And then, you know, people, uh, of the actual venue who are, Bringing in copious amounts of shrimp cocktail. Right, 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 right. Which you warned me against. Yeah, well, no, no. I, I warned myself against. I'm allergic to shrimp. So. <laughs> Ray, I, I shotgun three. Because what is life if not yeah. worth living? Right. Uh, so w- what astounded me there was that there were this panoply of various wildly different technological devices, mm-hmm. uh, some of some of which were relatively focused on a single idea. Sure. A, like a, a single call and response. Like and, it was a it was an implementation of a very uh identifiable concept. Yeah, right? exactly. So like you look at the thing and even if the thing itself doesn't immediately tell you what it does, a glance at its name or a quick look at a description you're like, okay, that I totally get what that's supposed to be. Yeah, and then and then there were these other things which were much more big picture, much more mm-hmm. abstract, you know. Ephemeral. Ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and do check out our, our video of, of you, Jonathan, uh, learning how to sleep via smell. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> and so there were all these, there were, I, I think what struck me was, the sheer variety is not the right word. The sheer multitude of stuff, and right? And, and yeah. there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it, right? It's not like there. Are, it's not like CES unveiled is is divided up into zones. No, right? You don't have here are three different drone manufacturers, and we're just going to put them all together because those are all you know people who want to see drones all go there. No, they might be anywhere in that room. And uh, so you might have a drone manufacturer right next to a company that makes uh, products specifically for infants, mm-hmm. um, really for their parents, because infants have notoriously terrible buying habits. <laughs> and then uh, you might have another one next to that that's an uh, automotive, like aftermarket stereo system. There's no real logic to the layout. Mm-hmm. You you absolutely have to go aisle by aisle in this room to see yeah. all the stuff or else you might miss something important booth by booth and and it and it's really table by table because yeah. it's not 
we warned you, mm-hmm. the, those of us who had been here before, yeah. that that CES unveiled is not what the rest of CES looks right. like. Right, and I was I was I was so wowed, and Jonathan, you you were you were so. Um, it was like I, it was my first day on the force or something. Yeah, listen know? here, rookie. Right, they're right. gonna come at you from all sides, but you stick with me and you'll you'll get through the day. Right, right. And I and uh, you said well, this is just a taste, and I was already so naive. I thought I wasn't gonna get across the border. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. uh, uh, long story short, uh, not to be too Nabokov about it, but I had this. Uh, I I had this mismatched badge and I had imposter syndrome. Oh no, yeah. All right, so let's tell this story because I think it is interesting. It's okay. it's just a minor little little thing that happened, but um anyone who's ever had to work with online forums, you know, there can sometimes be little oversights. Like there could be some sort of automated uh code that doesn't always check all the right boxes. And if a box goes unchecked, unfortunately, the end result is that you get the wrong thing. Ben and I, out of the group of eight people who came here from How Stuff Works, were the victims of this cruel arrangement where when we went to retrieve our badges, we were designated as industry attendees. Now, now CES has different categories of badges. Sure. Right? You have media, which Mm -hmm. that's the press. You have uh, exhibition press, which means, or exhibitor press, I think is what they call yeah. it. Exhibitor press means that you are you also have a presence on the show floor, and you get access, early access to the show floor because of that. So people who have exhibitor press badges, they can go to the show floor even when it's not technically open to the mm-hmm. to the rest of the attendees. It's not open to the public at all. Uh, then you have like other like you know industry analysts or exhibitor badges. Uh, buyer government. Yep. Yeah. So we both had industry attendee, which is the most vague of all the categories. Sure. And we went to the casino where they have the press day, which is mm. uh, well, really the convention center, which is uh, at Mandalay Bay. Mm. So we go to Mandalay Bay, and before we even try to get in line, we had at least the sense to ask. The rest of our team has media badges. We have these industry attendee badges. Are we going to have a problem? And they said, yes, you are. Go over here and get in line for uh, people who are having issues. And when we got to the front of the line, sure enough, a very nice lady who was yeah. who was sitting there mm-hmm. uh, said, did you have to pick up your badges at the airport? And we're like, yes. Yep. And she's like, yeah. So apparently we were not the first. Right, but that you, happened to. you, as a veteran, got through lickety-split. It was weird because apparently with mine, it was just a simple matter of checking that box or unchecking it or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But Ben, with you, the system just did not want to make you press for a really long time. I know, in the first year. But you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it to get in there. And on our second day, and we're recording this, by the way, before our, our final day. Yeah, uh, so we're the, this is our yeah. third day as we're recording. Yeah, yeah. And the, the second day uh, was still not officially open. And there were these amazing press conferences, some of which were controversial, which we looked at yeah. in, in a live stream. Mm-hmm. And today was our first day on the show floor. And we, we kind of like... Uh, divided uh, and and conquered. Right? right, and so you were running and gunning as fast and as hard as you could, uh, mainly focusing on North Hall because in CES uh, there are, there are actually several 
centers mm-hmm. where there are uh, exhibits. So the one that's probably best known is the Las Vegas Convention Center, which has more than like a million square feet of exhibition space. Uh, and that has three halls, a North Hall, a Central Hall, and a South Hall. The North Hall is where almost all the automotive uh, technology is located. Vroom, vroom, and yeah. because you're the host of car stuff and you're there focusing on uh, automation, also this is a good time to mention, there is a companion episode to this episode, right? The episode we're recording right now, the Tech Stuff episode, we have a companion piece of car stuff. Uh, which technically is already published, and yet paradoxically we have not recorded yet. This is just like Looper. Yeah, it's just like that scene in Looper. Yeah, it's just like that scene in Looper. So uh, if you haven't listened to Car Stuff, first of all, shame on you. Go and subscribe to Car Stuff right away. It's an oh, amazing shucks. show. Ben and Scott do a phenomenal job. and um, uh, But you'll be able to hear more about the vehicle-focused technology mm-hmm. in that episode, and I'll, I'm a guest on that. Uh, so we're not going to focus on that too much here. But when you walked into that North Hall and you started to see how how various companies had structured their booths mm-hmm. in order to try and draw people in, I mean, that's the whole purpose of CES is pull, pull people in so you can convince them that your product is awesome. What was your first kind of impression walking into the North Hall at Las Vegas Convention Center? Oh, okay. So to set the scene... We luckily, we luckily have some seasoned guides. So, uh, some of our crew members and, uh, and you, Jonathan, have been there before. Yeah. So us, us cubs and rookies are like, are pretty much at this point following the guide. And we talked about how it was, uh, like a scene in an RPG video game where, where the, uh, characters are shown the different parts of the map. Right. And There's a lot of fog of war as well. Yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, fog of war. And so so we get there and we're we're out about ten minutes from when the doors open. Yeah. And there there's a crowd of people congregating. And when I say congregating, I mean easily what, twenty, thirty yards behind us filled with people. Yeah, so the way it works is that the doors are the doors are technically open in the sense that they're not shut, but no one's allowed to go in unless they have that exhibitor press or they are an exhibitor. Right. Uh, the hoi polloi, yeah, the, yeah. like media and all the other folks yeah, who are yeah. not on uh, officially exhibitors. Yeah, the fuzz not, is out there. Yeah, we're not allowed to go inside until uh, the first day it starts at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. So we were probably, I don't know, maybe... 15 or 20 people back from the from where the doors were at most right and then more and more gathered behind us mm. as the time drew nigh right for them to allow us in. and i was actually amazed at how crowded north hall got right away because whenever i did ces in the old days before i was covering stuff for toyota uh i i saved north hall for the second day and uh I always saw, I always thought people who were hitting South Hall and Central Hall the hardest because there are yeah. a lot. There's a lot more general technology there. But this year, I mean, there was a lot of excitement around so, vehicles. So the first thing, so I'm very much like a cheapskate, right? Yeah. So uh, first thing I see on the left, I see like some bags, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we've got crew with us. They've already got stuff. We might see some. This is my rationalization for grabbing two bags. Yeah, <laughs> and so I have two of these bags and walking in. We know we have to go to the left, and we're angling the entire time. We're working as this uh, hive mind unit, but it's hard to pay attention 
to our unit. It's so easy to get lost in a crowd of, right. of stuff that you care about. And there's, you know, there's a high performance autonomous car to the right. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a Faraday future beckoning in the distance. I see the neon glow. There's and- a booming stereo system. Oh, yeah. Blasting bass allows it to get, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's... There are a lot of demands on your attention yeah. that are all simultaneously hitting it was, you. Yeah, it was immediate sensory overload, and we uh, we saw that it was hitting... The weird thing was, if you walk in and you find, uh, what do we call it, like an island where yeah. there's not that river of people, sure. and, and you turn and you see uh, you see people walking in probably about maybe five to ten feet, and then stopping and just sort of getting doe-eyed and looking around. If I wasn't with a group of people and at work... You would have been one of those folks. Absolutely. I don't yeah. know how long it would have stood there. Well, and, and anyone who's been doing it for a while, like you'll, you'll, you'll hear us start to grouse about, look, you can, you, can, you can step off to the side and gawk. That's another I have thing. places I need to be. That's another thing. So many people stop in the middle of the thing. Well, and here's... Uh, Ben, when I started doing this, it was 2008, and so the iPhone had only been out a year, and um, and smartphones weren't that big a thing, right? Smartphones, not not everyone had them yet. Sure. I mean, a lot of people at CES did, but not everyone had. Yeah. And you didn't have nearly the number of apps or social media platforms that were easily accessible on and your mobile device. And demanding your attention. Right. So... Add to all the demands of an, on attention we just listed a second ago, all the ones that you're already carrying with you with your smartphone, yeah. and you're essentially you're essentially suffering ADD. You are like ADD personified, yeah. and stage four ADD. Some people are compelled to whip out their smartphone and check it every couple of feet. Sure. Even if there's a multitude of people behind them, get all that desperately in, trying get, to get to the other side of the hall. Get that endorphin rush. And I, I've got to ask you, uh, this is this is your ninth year, is yes, that correct? That is correct. Uh, so on so on your on your ninth year, um, this is this is to some degree, a lot of people would think this is old hat. I disagree with that because we've talked off air, and the thing is, while the maybe the the bureaucratic parts of it, the housekeeping parts of it, yeah. might be old hat. Uh, what it means to what it means to me is that you have a nose for the things that stick out. Well, I I, I can because I've been covering it so long. I can see the things that uh, are brand new, or at least are, are noticeable enough this year to be called brand new, right? But I usually say trends at CES have kind of a three-year arc before they become really well-known. First year is when you might only see one or two examples of a particular type of technology or, or something that a particular type of technology is trying to do. Like it may be that the technology itself can take many different forms, but it's all being done for the same purpose, right? Uh, so that first year you might only see one or two examples. The second year, uh, and they might be prototypes, they might not even be production models. The second year you start seeing production models out of a couple of niche companies. The third year you start seeing the bigger companies develop their own version mm. of that niche market stuff. 
and then it becomes mainstream. And uh, or the other flip side of it is no one buys the stuff and it just fades away. So a great example of something that was uh, that trickled in, then was omnipresent, and now no one talks about it really that much anymore is 3D television. Oh, 3D TV yeah. just didn't happen. I mean, it, there are, like, almost every television that's sold today has a 3D mode or is 3D uh, compliant, but consumers just didn't jump on that. They didn't care. They didn't want to have to have an extra set of hardware in order for they, them to watch their TV. Mm-hmm. So that was something that they the industry pushed really hard for several years, and then ultimately it's a non talking point. It just doesn't come up. I mean, it may be included in the, the specs yeah. for a device, but it's not it's not prominently advertised typically. Right. Yeah, um, there's not, it's not something that we hear. It's not it's not something that we hear networks or content creators talking about anymore. Right. But on the flip side, uh, something else that was just getting started when I started going to CES were consumer drones. You were seeing just a few of those on the market. And the first ones were just quadcopters that didn't have any, like, they might have a very basic camera on them, but it was mostly to, to allow you to do, like, some fun, like, AR type stuff. Parrot drones were probably the, the best example of that early on. And pretty expensive. Pretty expensive. And now today, they're every, everyone has a drone. Like, it's crazy. You, you, Intel has drones on display. Um, their uh, uh, Polaroid has drones on display. Uh, it's weird because uh, in order to fly it, you first have to pick it up and shake it really hard <laughs> for like 30 seconds. And then, and then, and then it develops the ability to fly. And then you Yeah, can, sponsored by uh, Andre 3000. Yeah. Think, right? Hey, hey, he's a local, local guy. <laughs> right. right. Well, local to Atlanta, not to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, visit us if you want to at our home office. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll walk over to the Whole Foods where you see that guy at the Olive Bar. Yeah. True story. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't interrupt him. I'm going to have to go over to Whole Foods more frequently. I don't like olives. I feel like we didn't have anything in common. In That's terrible because there's an olive bistro you have to pass. You must you must really just have a lot of issues walking into that. <laughs> no, let's get a little hyper local there. So going back right. to CES. Yes. So uh, you know, seeing those trends in there, it, yeah, it means that when I see something that that kind of is outside of that group, I take notice. Uh, so here's an example. Last year when I I went to CES, I saw a few different devices that were designed to encourage meditation mm. as a, and, and, and encourage an ability to release stress. Uh, the argument being that we're carrying more and more stress in our lives. We're having a harder time dealing with it. Uh, we've got a lot of those demands on our attention, which again adds to that stress. So this year, we're not just seeing meditation. We're seeing a lot of technology that's being marketed as a means to help you go to sleep. Yeah, I, I find this particularly interesting. I, uh, not that long ago, I did an episode about uh, ASMR, which is kind of it's it, it's often sort of grouped into that category. It's something that a lot of people watch to to relax and often to fall asleep to. Yeah, right. Uh, ASMR for anybody who has checked it out, uh, there's an entire culture online. Oh, sure, yeah, of yeah. people like. Uh, Tickling feathers and talking like this. Yeah, they have. and I interviewed uh, Heather Feather, who is one of my favorite ASMR artists. <laughs> she is a doll, a wonderful, wonderful person, and uh, uh, she did very well explaining the whole concept. Well, 
the rise of ASMR shows that there is this incredible demand for things that will help people relax and de-stress. So we're seeing that now mm-hmm. in the consumer marketplace because there's an entire section at CES devoted to sleep tech. I haven't even seen it yet because that's what I'm doing tomorrow, <laughs> which is good because I'm going to need to sleep by then. Right, right. You might not have any any problems after. No, I'm after I'm, this I'm crazy pretty much. I'm, I think after we record the show that already published but hasn't recorded yet, I'm oh, pretty yeah. much going to bed. Uh, so that's an example of a trend that is is uh, I would say in that second to third stage, mm-hmm. right? I'm probably more in the second stage because I'm not seeing sleep tech being uh, adopted by the really big names yet. But right. it's definitely in that second year part of the arc I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we one of the things we did early on, we did a live stream where, where we talked about some of the trends that we noticed, sleep tech being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about uh, another interesting trend, and this is kind of uh, edging over into the automotive part too, because that's one of the companies we mentioned. But we talked about how 2016, we saw some tumultuous, uh, uh, events and circumstances for some high profile companies. Oh, absolutely. We have to talk about this. This is tech stuff. So, yeah. so we've got this issue where imagine that you are an executive with a, a, a prominent company, whether it is one that's been around for ages or it's one that's just made headlines because it's so audacious. <laughs> and then you have a rough year. Yeah. And then you go to CES where you have to put on a, your best face. You have to stand and deliver. Yeah, you, you're going to you're you know you're going to be hit by hard questions. Yeah. And yet you still have to do this PR game. Yeah. Uh the two companies that we thought really um encompassed this that they embodied it. They and they went through it. went to two totally different approaches. Yeah. Faraday Future, mm-hmm. which is one of the most ambitious startups I've ever heard of. I mean, it's a it's a company that is trying to break into the automotive industry, building a car, which uh, is, not just a car, but a whole line of cars. Yeah, which is, uh, by the way, the one of the most difficult things anyone yeah. can do from scratch. I mean, the fact that Tesla was able to do it is amazing. Well, right? yeah, and Tesla only was able to do it, I would argue. Because there was a very, it had the appearance of audacity, mm. but it came from the actions and bankrolls of PayPal. Yeah. So it, it didn't start from an angel investor. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then uh, we have another example, uh, which <laughs> which we uh, we. Especially felt called to mind when we were on the plane over here. Yeah, so that would be Samsung. Obviously, Samsung in 2016, uh, especially in September and October, had a terrible, terrible time because the Galaxy Note 7 famously was having these issues where some people were having their, their handsets were bursting into flame, typically when being charged. The battery right. was bursting into flame. And it was such a hard, uh, hard problem for Samsung. First, they issued a... Uh, an exchange program mm-hmm. where they started to exchange Note 7s. Uh, they said that you know the actual percentage of those that were affected was quite small, sure. so they wanted to do an exchange program. But then some of the exchange units reportedly were bursting into flame, and that's when Samsung had to issue a, a worldwide recall. Uh, and a, 
last I had heard, there's still several hundred thousand out in the wild. Oh, yeah. And uh, some of the phone service providers mm-hmm. are bricking those yes. notes, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, uh, that was a big deal where I think it was Verizon that said they weren't going to do it. And then they said, okay, we'll do it, but we won't do it till January 8th or something. It's like a lines. poison pill update, right? Yeah. It's essentially to make sure the phone can't be a phone anymore and that way no one has a reason to keep it around and – uh so, long story short, this was a huge PR problem for Samsung. I mean, it was an enormous issue, uh, very damaging to the company's reputation. And then they come out to CES and they have a whole press conference that they, they have to hold. They've got that time slot and it's, you know, paid a lot of money to be part of CES. And so then we've got, uh, them coming out and they, they start off their press conference by acknowledging there was a problem, but not apologizing for it. Right. They essentially said, uh, we're looking into it. Or as I would like to say, we have top men looking into it. <laughs> top <laughs> men. So, uh, cut to warehouse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So not, not to cast aspersions on Samsung. I'm sure they are investigating it. They obviously, they have very great motivation to find sure. out what exactly was the problem. But a lot of people felt that that perhaps was not enough, that perhaps they should have come out so far as to apologize. For the the issue uh, and the way that was handled, but that did not happen. Uh, then they went ahead and had the rest of their press conference. Uh, Faraday kind of the way they they uh, addressed their problem. Faraday's problems in 2016 included a bunch of executives left. Uh, they reportedly started having some financing issues, despite the billion dollar investment of, uh, of uh, various business people from sure. uh, from Asia. But then. Um, we, we heard reports that the construction on their production facility here in Las Vegas, where we are, uh, has halted and that they, yeah. and that people haven't been getting paid for a while. So, uh, they didn't acknowledge that at all, as far as I can tell. When they no, came here. no, everything's fine. Yeah, they said they were still planning fine. on having their production model ready by 2018, which like, is incredibly ambitious. Like that old comic strip, uh, the old two-panel comic strip that we see so often on the internet of yeah. the dog in the burning house right. at the table assuring uh, himself. I'm just saying him because of the hat, uh, <laughs> that everything is fine. Uh, wh- what we saw is that uh, not only did executives leave over 2016, but two left. Just a couple of weeks before CES started. Yeah. So this was an interesting thing, you know, seeing seeing these companies that had very public problems uh, and how how would they handle it? And yeah. uh, so you could argue that Samsung, you know, if you felt like they they owed people an apology, uh, you could argue that they fell short on that. But at least they acknowledged it, right. which Faraday, as far as we could tell, did not. Uh, so that was interesting. We've seen some some cool tech. You got a chance to walk into Central Hall for a yeah. little bit. Oh yeah, I re- I I. Uh... I went and checked out uh, a Samsung uh-huh. exhibit, actually, so this is great. Was this the dryer and washer? <laughs> the, the washer that washes while you wash? <laughs> no, no, it was the, uh, it was the will it explode, and there's a timer, and you get money. Uh, no, uh, uh, you don't get money, you get Ben Bucks, and anyone who's interested in that, please write to me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So it's a one-to-one exchange rate, except you can't exchange it back. It is accepted in various locations uh, throughout my mom's house. There We're in negotiations for the kitchen. That's fair. Uh, it's a big win for us. Uh, so uh, went to check out uh, some of the VR experiences. Because oh, cool. Because one of the big questions that 
people have. So th- going back to the example of mm. 3D television technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, there were some great startups, right, mm-hmm. that had this. Mm-hmm. Brilliant stuff. And then uh, larger manufacturers saw it, loved it. This is an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And spoke to broadcasting partners, content creators, saw it, loved it. This is an opportunity. Somewhere along the way, they forgot to ask the consumer if they wanted it. Right. Yeah. It was um, it was a an effort to manufacture demand, and it failed. That's a great way to put it, and it's perfectly and brutally concise. So the question with VR then is: Is this manufacturing demand? And the answer is there's a lesson learned uh, primarily through the idea of using a smartphone as the hardware. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, doing that where you're, you're help starting to rely upon uh, someone using a piece of technology they already own. Right. So there's no initial investment to purchase other hardware apart from maybe a, a headset that it'll slip into. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I have two of them on my table right here. They're, they're oh, essentially, I just, I see essentially them, yeah. Google Cardboard, but uh, these are from Kodak. Yeah, Kodak um, PixPro. Yeah, I need to give one of those to Ramsey because that's that's technically one of them is his. <laughs> uh, so, doing going through that approach, you you lower that that barrier of entry, but at the same time, you anyone who's a savvy consumer realizes that the experiences they're going to get using a phone as their display are going to be far below the quality of something that's a dedicated piece of hardware exactly. or VR. So yeah, we're we're seeing um struggles in the VR space. There's tons more VR here and AR than I've ever seen in the past. Like there's so many examples. And again, it's another one of those pieces of technology that seems like everybody has some right. form everybody of everybody wants a piece of the pie. I got to tell you, man, I took this virtual reality boat ride uh, I hope you guys can hear the air quotes, air quotes I'm yeah. doing. The sound effect we use on other shows is whoosh, whoosh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's never been done on this one, but I'll allow oh, it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, uh, we, we're in this, we're in this thing. I went because the boat ride was the shortest line. Gotcha. Uh, the, the medium line was the, uh, was the, the flight line. Like, mm. uh, air, air flight over Sydney. And, uh, the most, uh, most demanding line was a thing called Skeleton Mountain, which was a, <laughs> right. And, of course. And we had a long day and I, I was thinking, you know, I'll wait till Skeleton Mountain just comes out on my phone. Right. Uh, but, but to be fair, so everybody knows this was not simply a, some sort of Oculus Rift situation where there's a phone in a in a VR headset and you put it on mm. these were in dedicated like chairs that were um hy- hydraulically operated so this was like a full immersive experience haptic yeah. feedback you you had like exactly. so it's like a almost like a moving movie theater yeah very and, epcot so so this would be more of an experience where you don't necessarily have control over what's happening but you can control your point of view right you, exactly that's the only agency you have is looking around the perspective uh that was cool the phone didn't blow up, uh, as, mm, that's uh, good. as Jonathan, as you can see, Dylan, as you can see, uh, I still have my eyes. Yes. And, uh, and they're in fact where they were when I saw them this morning. Thank you. Yeah. And you guys know that, uh, my colleague is a skeptic. So he, uh, 
he will tell you if I'm not being straight with you. That's true. <laughs> and so, so, so what, that, that was cool. Do you, yeah. yeah, so it was an interesting VR. Ex- I had a VR experience today, too. Yeah. I went and uh, did uh, something called Project Alloy, which is over at Intel. Mm-hmm. And they had two different experiences as well. One of them was a zombie survival game where you, you try and shoot down zombies. Did you play? No. The other one was a room that you got to walk around in. Guess which one I got to do? Which, which the room. One? I oh, was in the room. God. Not not the room movie. Not that room. Oh, no Tommy. <laughs> There's no Tommy Wiseau so. in that one. Uh, yeah, just, that didn't happen. Dylan's, Dylan's finally perking up once we talk about Tommy Wiseau. He was slumping in his... This is totally true. He was slumping in his chair a little bit right until we got to Tommy Wiseau. Oh, we're uh, on our third wins. Yes, yeah. true. So the the... Project Halloway was interesting. It was an example of mixed or merged reality is what they call it, merged reality. So uh, imagine a, a VR headset. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a display. Mm-hmm. It's on your head. There's a, a forward-facing camera on the the case itself. Okay. All right? So it's kind of like a phone. It's got, you know, like a forward-facing camera um, or backward-facing camera in the case of a phone. So you're you're wearing this, and the camera picks up stuff that's – within a couple of feet of your body. So that way, when you start getting close to something, it starts to show up in your view. So, Ben, uh, where you are standing right uh, or sitting right, right now, yeah. you're probably close enough where I would actually be able to see you and I, I would I'd be looking at a virtual <laughs> display, but I would see, I would see a, a, the video of you right there. So that means I could walk around a physical space, but not not bump into objects or people who are in it. Oh yeah. So I could still have a virtual experience in this case. It was actually pretty cool. When I walked in, it looked like there was a, uh, a giant globe with a moon orbiting it. So really it was just, you know, the earth with the moon orbiting it uh, in the center of the room. And then at three points around the globe, there were these green buttons and uh, different buildings underneath them. If I went and pressed a button, then to my left, an enormous version of the building I had just picked would rise up out of the ground and I could take a better look. So there was like an, something that looked like an Aztec pyramid, something that looked kind of like the Taj Mahal, wow. and something that looked like more of a European uh, cathedral. It sounds like a crazy dream you have. It was a little weird. <laughs> Uh, and then I would turn and I'd see Ramsey because he would be standing very close to me with the camera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I didn't bump into him because I could actually see him. Uh, and he didn't appear like he was in the scene. It was more like if he were interrupting a scene. Like it, it wasn't seamless. Okay. It, so it didn't look like it suddenly, like it didn't suddenly, in. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It didn't look like Ramsey was standing on top of the, the earth or anything. Or the Taj Mahal or No, something. just uh, he would kind of be breaking through the signal in a way. Uh, so, an interesting implementation. I, yeah. I assume from the name project that it's still kind of in the developmental phase. And a lot of stuff is. Yeah, and but it, seeing something that's being called merged reality as opposed to virtual reality or augmented reality, it's somewhere in the middle, it was will. really interesting. So we um, have AR, and then we have VR, and, and then, then we have MR. Yeah, and then you have MREs. <laughs> Which was an ill-fated... That was a terrible video. <laughs> that was a terrible, yeah, a terrible video. Did that ever come out? Uh, no, I hope not. Yeah, hope that was not. awful. We, uh, we ate uh, MREs on, on, on camera, camera for you guys. We had a bucket for available. You, for you ladies Which we needed. Yeah, which we needed. Going back 
going back to the point, I I, I would like to ask uh, on the on behalf of everybody listening, um, overall, yeah, so far, in, yes, in comparison to 2016's past, yeah, uh, how does this measure up? What do you think? It looks well. Um, it's pretty busy, although toward the end of the day, uh, Central Hall wasn't nearly as as bustling as it was first part of the day. Um, I I have a much more focused approach this year than I have in years past. Like in several years, I was essentially let loose at CES, and it was up to me to wander around and find things to to talk about. You were a one man band. I was a one man. I was the only guy from How Stuff Works who who was uh, just set alone adrift. In a lost sea of technology. Um, this year I had a much more focused game plan. So I didn't see as many of the booths as I typically do because I had, I had a very specific places I needed to be and I, and video I needed to shoot. Um, the stuff I saw, I enjoyed. We had a, a great time over at the Stern Pinball, uh, uh, booth. We actually got to play pinball. I got to talk to Gary Stern, who is the head of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, he opened up one of the, the machines for us to look at, which is a very different beast than the old pinball machines that were largely electromechanical. Now yeah. it's mainly digital and really, yeah, it's really cool. Oh, digital, but was still like with, uh, you know, mechanical solenoids and stuff to mm-hmm. do the actuation for the yeah. various yeah, 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 components. Yeah. But it's all done with uh, buses now, like, like microprocessors and buses, as opposed to uh, the the hard wired circuits that it used to be. Right, because they look very uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, the old ones. Yeah, you know, Gary Stern actually said that you know in, a few years ago you would have a half mile worth of wire in one of those pinball machines. Now it's more like a quarter mile, so it's been halved. It's still a huge amount of wire, mm-hmm. but it's much less than what it had been. It's much more efficient. Uh, the machines themselves aren't as heavy as they used to be. Um, but when he opened it up, it's not like I could take one look at a wire and know exactly what it went to. <laughs> it was, it was like a spaghetti monster of madness. Yeah. But, uh, that was a lot of fun to see yeah. that. Um, I don't know what the perception is among the press yet. I haven't talked to enough of our peers to find out if they feel like this is a good CES or a bad CES. We've had some in the past where there was so little innovative technology on display mm-hmm. that anything remotely out of the ordinary, no matter how silly it may seem, was pounced upon as being interesting. So the big example of that would be from several years ago, the haptic fork. Uh, the haptic fork, which would uh, try to keep you from eating too quickly. Uh, if you were moving the fork too fast, it would start to vibrate so that the food on the fork would fall off. What? You you had to eat at a at a certain speed, you know, the mindful eating, in order for the fork uh, to remain what? still. Can I say this on a family show? What a d- move! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, if nothing else, I can bleep it. But, okay, uh, please. And by by I, I mean Dylan, who's sitting right there. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> uh, but okay, I see what you're saying. So we we don't know all the way, but but you've seen some amazing stuff. One thing I did want to ask you about. Yeah, sure. So, this is something we talked about off air. Mm-hmm. We reconvened briefly, which was we asked about drones. Yep. Spoiler alert: the companion episode on car stuff. We'll we'll touch on a little bit of uh, 
dronery? Yeah. Is that a we'll, word? We'll yet? drone on. We'll drone on. We'll drone on. <laughs> to the um, point where Dylan falls asleep. So what's the best drone? What, what's the most, what's the, what's, well, what's the craziest one you saw? Craziest? Oh, that's going to be. Oh my God. Can I just ask you, is it true that there's a drone that can carry people? Yes. Yes. That would be the Ehang dr- drone. Uh, it is large enough to carry one person for about 20 minutes. That's all I need. We got a really good look at it. Um, <laughs> that, that'll be, it, it'll be at least in a promo, if not a full on video. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was probably the craziest. I mean, that one I think uh, premiered last year, but Uh it was the first time I had seen it. I didn't get a chance to see it last year. So I was really impressed by that. There were also, I mean, we were seeing more drones with uh, thermal imaging, which is cool and kind of scary at the same time. Yeah. Uh, stuff they don't want you to know would probably have a lot to say about that. (laughs) Um, we saw a lot of, uh, Drones that are taking very different approaches. Mm-hmm. There's some that are more like racing drones, so they're built very light and for speed and for cornering and that kind of stuff, and they're very high-performance racing drones. There are others that are more for uh, things like uh, capturing footage if you want to do like crane shots or helicopter shots. There are others that are specifically meant for or first responders in emergency situations. All of them are here. And uh, we've seen... Um, that huge variety, and I just, I suspect it's just going to continue. We even saw the, uh, the Star Wars drones that, um, we, we were sent a Star Wars drone at the That's office. Right. Uh, yeah. a, it was in the form of a speeder bike. Uh, Dylan actually, uh, has also got one of them, although he got a, an X-Wing. And then we, we both, uh, were drooling over the TIE Fighter Advance that was on display over on the show floor. You guys um, are drone rich. Yeah, well, well, we only have two. We're not rich, but we're we're doing we're doing well. We're comfortable. We're drone comfortable. Drone comfortable. Uh, but you know, we could go on and on about this. The the I think the the interesting thing is again hearing your perspective about how it really is sensory overload. Like I get to a point where I just have blinders where. I could be looking at something and no information is coming into my head. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 that happened to me uh, last night when I went to what was called Digital Experience. There's all these other events that happen after the normal hours of the CES have closed. That really, it's just an attempt for companies to get more FaceTime with media and uh, other other important folks in the industry. Right. For people to, uh, network. Yeah. yeah, And to promote stuff. And so, um, I went to this thing and I walked through that room three or four times. And I think I might be able to tell you two or maybe three pieces of tech that were on display. (laughs) And then no, nothing against the people who were there, nor the technology, nor the technology. There was plenty of stuff that was really interesting. It literally was just that I was tired and, it was so much, it was like it's so much information that my brain as a defense mechanism was shutting down the ability <laughs> for new information to come in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that happens typically to me on the third day of, uh, of the show floor being open, but it hit a little earlier this year. And we were um, here a little earlier this year. Too. Yes, it's true. So our plan for tomorrow, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, it'll be in the past by the time you hear it, again, wow. another paradox, Time travel. is that uh, we're both going to go back to the show. Uh, ben is going to go back to the Las Vegas Convention Center. Mm-hmm. I'll be going over to the other, the other major area where there are uh, 
exhibitors, and that's the Sands Convention Center. Is that is, is that the area where the Eureka place is? Yes, you? Eureka Park. So that's where all the startups are. Like, it's a lot of the smaller companies that tend to focus on a specific mm-hmm. product or a specific line of products. Uh, the ones that you see in the the convention center tend to be bigger companies that might have a arrays of products, like families of products. Sure. Like Samsung's a good example. They've got TVs, they've got refrigerators, they've got yeah. washer dryers, they've yeah, got yeah. all sorts of stuff. They've got phones that'll blow up. They've got all <laughs> sorts of things. But it, when you go to Eureka Park, you tend to find companies that, you know, we make 3D printers, or we make these robots, or this we make... one amazing toothbrush. Right. There's supposed to be an <laughs> AR toothbrush, and I don't know what that means. There's an augmented reality toothbrush, and I don't know. So Does tomorrow, it yeah, project tomorrow. on your teeth? I don't know. <laughs> tomorrow you are journeying to the sands. Yes, and I'm going to uh, get a lot more uh, information about what's there, mm. and I'll be shooting a lot of episodes of the series Forward Thinking I do. If mm. you aren't familiar with Forward Thinking, go check out Forward Thinking. That's a, a fun uh, show I do about what the future holds for us. And in this case, I'm using CES to kind of look at how future ideas are creeping into the technology of today. And, uh, and, and then where could we go from there? Knowing that not all of these technologies are bound to succeed. Some of them will likely fade into obscurity. But that's kind of the fun of it, too. Um, so before I completely wrap up, first of all, reminding my listeners, check out that companion piece to Car Stuff, or, or of Car Stuff, rather, and uh, make sure you listen to that so that you hear our talk about the way the automotive industry has been taking over CES. Oh, man. And I have a final question for Ben Bowen. Oh, that's right. The I, most important one. I don't know what this question is. No, I is. told Ben that I had a question I could not forget to ask him at the end. Uh, very important, considering where we are. Where are you on gambling? Are you up or down? Oh, I am actually up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have almost... Uh, tripled my fortunes wow yeah that's sweet i'm almost a uh i'm almost a uh a 30 year 30 yeah 30 what yeah what's the word for millionaire but instead of million (laughs) it's 30 dollars bum no so so you started with 10 and you're up to almost 30 i love to almost 30 you're doing better than i am i'm i'm uh i'm up Sixteen dollars and twenty five cents. I did not know this would be the question. Uh, no, you didn't know. I didn't tell you. you it's an important one, though. Are yeah. you? Wait, 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 wait. You okay. playing slots? Yeah. Time? Well, I t- if you go back and listen, Tech Stuff has an episode about how <laughs> slot machines work. I am currently sixteen dollars and twenty five cents ahead. So I listened to my own show, followed my own <laughs> advice, and as a result. I have more money than when I started with. And maybe you should retire a champion. Maybe you like, I, propitiated the the gods of gambling. I, what I do is I, I, I put a $20 bill, Chris, $20 bill into the machine. And then I uh, I, I, I play mm-hmm. and I wait until I get over the $20 and then I hit cash out. And then I walk away. And then maybe later on I'll do it again. But as soon as I get over the amount that I had, I cash out and I walk away. Now, you know, I'm I'm... Going to uh, like like many people with a newfound fortune, I am planning to directly before we leave for the airport, blow my 
entire my entire uh, Earnings, wealth, yes. my entire estate. Yes, uh, I want like a cup of coffee. Or, <laughs> I, uh, maybe uh, a buffet on a dalliance of blackjack. <laughs> oh, there you go. That'll do it. And, I, uh, and uh, I'm going to use this voice. I can I can recommend I can recommend the Gremlins slot machine. It was very good to me. Uh, oh, but, don't blow up the spot. Well, yeah. thank you, thank you for asking. And yes, yes, I am a, a, a thirty air. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, Ben Bullen, thank you so much for for joining me on this show. I, I will unlock the door and allow you to leave the the hotel room as soon as we're finished recording your show. I would also not to be um, not to be too uh, too much of a diva, but I would appreciate if you could untie. Uh, untie me. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it, well, in the meantime, while we're trying to Houdini our way out of the ropes, uh, I think that I, I think the longtime listeners already know we had mentioned the episodes of previous CESs or yep. CES past mm-hmm. on tech stuff. Uh, I do want to recommend uh, if you are acquainted with the internet and for everybody's benefit, I'm not using the blackjack voice again until it's time. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan also has video, uh, video segments on forward thinking as well as a show that we both work on together called Brain Stuff, which addresses everyday science, not just of math, but the questions that you didn't know you wanted to hear. One of which would be, uh, probably if you haven't heard of it yet, you know how in old time movies, <laughs> People have a weird voice. You're tired. I'm the transatlantic gonna... accent. Yes. yes. Uh, That's why I talked about strolling down the boulevard and seeing the dirigible races. Yes. Yeah, so why do people talk that way? Why does it sound like that? Well, you can find out in that Brain Stuff episode. So if it didn't it already pop up on Facebook for you. Because yeah. it, went, it went viral, which was kind of crazy. So check it out when you have a chance. Uh, and do please tune in to car stuff. Yes, yes. And remember, guys, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, you can always write to me. My email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And by the time you listen to this, CES will be over and I'll be able to look at my email again. And if you don't like using email, you can contact me on Twitter or Facebook. The handle of both of those is techstuffhsw. And I'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 